Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show that is here to try to teach you. Your, oh, I can't speak today. Try to teach you how to live your best life. So, um, as I always say, we're always talking about what's the topic. So, before you go anywhere, let me tell you about today's topic. Today, I'm going to talk about with my special guest, post-traumatic stress disorder, and. That is a terminology most of us know, but I don't know if we all realize how much that comes into all our lives and in different ways. So there's the clinical post-traumatic stress disorder. So if you've been a victim of a very, you know, uh, a bad situation, perhaps you witness a crime, perhaps you were in a hostage situation, a car accident, um, something very suddenly, a, a cancer diagnosis, a very, very difficult situation. Those are traumatic situations. So we are going to cover those, but we're also going to go more than that because um, the, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because trauma, uh, you get through the trauma and you have a tendency of thinking you're okay, um, or it could be like a day-to-day trauma. And if it's not dealt with properly, you often will get symptoms of anxiety, and anxiety is really my special area that I like to talk about. Um, it's a funny thing before I introduce my guest. Today, I had a situation, I'm not going to go into it, but I had a situation where something happened and I had a very like visceral like (gasps) reaction. I know many of you listening have had those moments in your life where something happens and you feel like the shoe just dropped and oh my God, like my life is over type of thing. And I have to say, I'm really happy Melissa's here. We're going to talk about her in a minute because she's going to help me process what happened. And by helping me process, hopefully she's going to help you because my fight or flight system, which if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know all about, got very triggered and I went into an emergency status. I literally couldn't breathe. And I don't think that was necessarily the best way to handle it. So we're going to get Melissa's expertise on how I should have handled a fearful situation. I think I have an idea, but she's going to guide me. So first of all, if you'd like to join the conversation, if you've had a trauma, you're in a trauma, or you had a trauma years ago and you still have some flashbacks some symptoms, and you want to call us, we're at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. If you prefer to text 514-796-4357, email info at helpforanxietydepression.com. My guest today, uh, she's been on the show many times because she is that amazing. And I say this on the radio, but I'm so glad I get a chance to say it to her because she happens to work for the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. And boy, am I grateful about that. She is a top, top clinical counselor. And what's very interesting about her work, she has worked in all sorts of areas, anxiety, depression, drug abuse, uh, definitely PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. But what's really interesting, and she tells me she's going to be ready and willing to talk about this in the second segment, is that she has gone through a trauma herself. So she's going to help us also to understand the work she does. So first of all, Melissa, Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm so grateful you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really happy again to be on the show and to be talking about 
what I specialize in because I'm very passionate about it. Not only, like you said, that I went through this, but uh, the fact that I can turn this in to help other people is is uh, is my my reward. So thank you for allowing me to share it to everyone else listening on the radio today. Well, I know you're going to impact a lot of people because I know that you know you do impact a lot of people with your amazing work, and uh, uh, it's very nice that you want to share it with people. Uh, my first question to you is a little bit like the story I told you about today. Mm-hmm. When someone faces you know a trauma or a scary situation, because mm-hmm. I think we have to be careful. Because how? Let me start with that. Yeah. How do we gauge? Because I would think that anything that you deem a trauma is a trauma. But how do we gauge whether it's a real trauma or not? Like, what's our measuring stick? That's a really good question because there's situations, like you said, that happen that shock us. And then we get this reaction. We go to, like, the worst case scenario and we do get this fight or flight. But when it, like, it's hard to know when it develops into PTSD, there's, it's a very different situation. So mm-hmm. the, the fact that the, the first initial reaction is the same, but when it becomes more clinical um, in PTSD is when we start to, then when the trauma or the situation is over, the body the, the problem is, is that the body re-experiences as if it's happening today. Okay, so to be fair, that's very important. But to be fair, that means that any situation yeah. could be turned into a PTSD yes. if you keep, the body still keeps playing it back. Yes. So it does, I want people to understand there's no judgment, like this situation is traumatic no. and this one's not. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. It's what you do with it next. So first of all, when mm-hmm. the person faces the first difficult situation yeah. or they have a shock, let's yes. say. Yeah. Okay. So you, the fight or flight system goes off and yeah. you're saying that's a normal thing. Well, it, it, yes, your body is responding normal, but the problem is that if it lasts, like we have critical thoughts or then we get into the worst case scenario, now it turns into anxiety and uh, and, and that might not be helpful. Okay, what about that worst case scenario? Because that happened to me a bit today, mm-hmm. so I think I need a refresher. So mm-hmm. you get a shock. How do you not go to the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the strategy? It's really hard. It's it's really hard because our mind just, just races, first of all. But the problem is that when we're in anxiety, when we, go, when we ha- are confronted, confronted with whatever it whatever the stressful situation is uh, I call it like your your brain goes through a, a do-it-yourself lobotomy which means the frontal part of our brain which controls our planning reasoning decision making logical thinking that all goes offline when we are confronted uh, with this fight-or-flight response so the problem is, is that when we're in that moment, our brain is not working at its optimal level. So it's really hard to go into thinking rationally uh, because it's it's part of our brain is offline. So that's why we go into our worst case that. scenario. I love that. I'm going to repeat that because it's so powerful. Part of our brain is offline. Yes. Okay. So how do I bring my brain back online? Yeah. So there's a couple strategies that we can do, although very hard, but again, it's like when we when we try to we have to create a new highway in our brain. So what we can do is we can take deep breaths to try and turn our brain online. It's right? so funny that you say that. If I could just mm-hmm. say that at a certain point I felt like a very strong reaction to yeah. something, and I felt like an adrenaline rush, and it didn't feel good. It's not no. a good feeling. No. And so I said, Oh my God, I've got to I've got to breathe. Yeah. And it, you know what? I just want to say for all our listeners and for anyone who ever hears about breathing, because yeah. sometimes it sounds trite, just breathe. It, does. it really yeah. works. It works. But you have to stay with it, right? You do. It has to be consistent. It can't just be one or two breaths. Like it really has to be consistent and what I like to do is I like to add counting because then that keeps my mind busy because 
Although if I just take a nice inhale and exhale, that feels good, but my mind is still racing. So the breathing is not meant to get rid of anxiety. That's what I tell my clients too. It's not meant to get rid of the, it's it's what it meant to do is just help you gain uh, more oxygen to your brain so it can turn it back online so that then you can proceed about how do I want to handle this situation. But the first thing first is we need to get our brain back online to be able to deal with this. So breathing helps. Um, I have another strategy that I use. It's called five, four, three, two, one. And so what it, what we do is this is really helpful with trauma too. Like any time, um, that you get triggered or you're reminded, you have another thought about what happened to you or even witnessing a trauma can also be witnessing something else. But, um, as soon as you have these negative thought or a scary thought, it's to look around the room. It's, it's a grounding technique to look around the room and notice, uh, five things you see and try to describe them. So like right now I see, um, this Kleenex box and it has these like pink and red tulips with like some white tissue coming out. Um, so I would name five items. Then I, like I would, that. then I would name five items that I hear. So I hear um, the uh, the humming of the computer. I hear the cars outside. Um, I hear my voice. So just things that I hear. And then I would go to five things I I uh, feel, but on the outside because your body. So it's now it's like overloaded with internal feelings like that adrenaline that you talked about. But now it's like, you know, you would um, identify things that your body feels. So, for example, I feel the glasses on my nose. Mm. I feel the watch on my hand. I feel the ring on my finger. So just going through um, to calm ourselves down. Hopefully this then will kick in your rational part of your brain. And then you can try to have more rational thoughts about the situation and not go into catastrophizing and going into the worst case. Well, okay. So... First of all, I can't thank you for those strategies because I think it's very important because catastrophizing is very, very, um, it's very easy to fall into. Mm. And I think we all do it to a certain extent. So breathing and the five, four, three, two, one is really fabulous stuff. So let's take it one step further. So in my case, I breathed, I mm-hmm. calmed down mm-hmm. and I, I'm fine. I'm here to tell the story. Yeah. But in many traumatic situations, like you said, the clinical PTSD, the story's over, and then you have flashbacks of the yes. situation. Your body re-reacts. Yeah. Um, okay, and that that's very unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. So, what what is the treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder? Like, wh- what yeah. what do we do? So. And I want to hear your opinions about this too. But this is what what I what I do is that especially one of the characteristics of PTSD, like how do we know it's PTSD, is that we have these flashbacks and nightmares. Now, not everyone that goes through a traumatic event develops PTSD, but those are two signs that you might be suffering from PTSD. Um, so what I do is that I like in, in that case where you had that reaction is just to remind, like when we have that flashback and we're, it's like our body really physically as if it's going through the whole trauma again and so what we need to do is just do those breathing do the exercise and then try to remind yourself that the trauma is over it didn't happen Uh, it's not happening now it might have happened in the past but I'm safe right now and just try to reassure create a mantra for yourself like I'm safe I'm safe and and you have to trick your mind into um, because I'll explain in the any other segment but we really have to try and trick our minds into believing telling it that the trauma is over that although I'm having the same symptoms of it the actual trauma is not reoccurring again 
What would you say, you know, before we take a break, what would you say to someone who's living through a trauma that is ongoing, ongoing. right now? What What do you say to that person if they're listening right now? Yeah. What do you say? Yeah, that, that that's difficult too when it's ongoing. So I would try to really process the feelings associated if there's any shame, any self-blame, any guilt, any um, survivor's guilt, any uh, really trying to get through those tough emotions and keep using the techniques to help bring the anxiety down. Okay, so um, I think that gives somebody right now something to think about. Um, perhaps you're going through a trauma. People, our listeners are listening. And as I said, if you want to join in, call us at one 472 It would be our pleasure. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back uh, to talk about how Melissa got through a big trauma in her life, a very serious situation she went through um, that could have led to lots of flashbacks. Maybe it did. I don't even know the answer. And also, I want to come back to that question of people who are currently yeah. in a crisis that's ongoing. Yeah. Uh, what do they do? So we'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandrish. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. 
So we are back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, and as I promised, I want to start jump right back into this concept that, you know, we're doing a show on post-traumatic stress disorder, which means it happened. But I am concerned, I've, you know, there's a lot of people that come to me that are in crisis situations that are ongoing, mm-hmm. okay? And I want to make sure we speak to those people first before we go any further. Someone might be listening right now yeah. and is an ongoing crisis that they cannot just say, well, it happened then, it's over with. Yeah. What can we offer them? right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I would do is I would help them first um, get through, like I said, at the, at the beginning of the first break, just to really help them get through feelings of um, anger, guilt, shame, self-blame. So really trying to control those negative thoughts that are associated uh, with, with whatever is going on right now. So really trying to, because if there is self-blame and guilt, it's hard to really work through the anxiety when when there's all the it's creating the anxiety right also on top of it so we really have to work through those feelings um really trying to to do some body work mindfulness can be really be helpful is uh, understanding the reactions of anxiety like identifying uh where in your body are you feeling this um and then how, how would you uh in mindfulness, how would you approach the situation? Well, I think mindfulness is more your area, but I think anxiety is mine and yeah. as well as yours. And I think that you really hit upon anxiety being very important. And I think that working through the emotions and deep breathing and even taking a hot bath. Yes. I mean, you're Self-care. in a difficult situation. Anything you could do. I am very much the type of person, it's a bit weird, but the most difficult moments of my life, I go do an incredible workout, a sweaty workout. Mm-hmm. It's the last thing you're going to feel like doing. It's probably the most powerful thing you can do to reduce adrenaline mm-hmm. in your body because mm-hmm. the adrenaline's shooting and I threw me and it doesn't feel good. And anxiety, unfortunately, brings anxiety. It's, mm-hmm. it's a vicious cycle. So I would recommend people really, no matter what they're going through, still to move their bodies and to do their food, sleep, exercise protocol, yeah. which is sounds so simplistic but so important are you eating are you sleeping are you moving your body yeah those are my thoughts on that so why is it important to work through that to work through what The, the anxiety and work through not avoiding and ah great question um okay so the problem is and as you know the problem with all difficult emotions in general and this comes up on straight talk all the time is that there's a tendency when you have a bad feeling to want to avoid it because nobody likes a bad feeling The problem is, is emotions are energy and what you try to uh, resist will persist, Mm -hmm. meaning you push it down and now it's like a ball under the water. It's going to keep popping up. So with a a traumatic situation, it's very controversial in psychology because sometimes one could argue, well, don't make your client talk about the traumatic situation again because you're going to re-traumatize them. So we have to be very well trained to be careful about that. But actually, on my experience, and I'm curious if yours is and my training, that usually people do have to talk about the incidents. And this brings me to what happened to you. So why don't we share with our listeners that you were in a very famous um, traumatic situation. So uh, it's a perfect example so people can relate to you. What happened? Yeah, so um, 10 years ago, there was a, a shooting at Dawson. That's a college here in Montreal. Yeah, so it's a it's a school. And I know there's a lot of other people that have gone through something similar because there's a lot of shootings in, in the States. Sadly. And, and schools and movie theaters. And so it unfortunately happens quite frequently now and so uh, yeah so 11 years ago there was a school shooting and I already had anxiety to begin with 
And then when, mm. when, which is an important piece, because then when so you're more prone, more prone, right? All so, right. so when this incident happened, um, the thing is that my teacher had just let me go. So she finished class early and I walked out the same doors, maybe, um, a couple, like maybe an hour before he walked in and started, um, shooting. Wow. So the thing is I wasn't actually physically there while the shooting happened. I had just left. But the problem is that I still had the same symptoms. And that's what made me feel really guilty because, well, a lot of people say, well, you weren't there. So, you know, you were safe. You know, you, you just left school and, and you, you were on your way home and you were safe. And so I felt a lot of shame and I started to criticize myself that, you know what, why? Why am I feeling anxious? Why am I scared now and want to avoid going to school, going to movie theaters, anywhere that could be in an, in an enclosed space that I could be potentially dangerous again? So, um, that, which is a very important part that you talked about too, is that it, it doesn't necessarily have to directly impact you. It could be, um, you, you don't have to actually be in the trauma to have it affect and you. And there's a term for that. It's called vicarious trauma. Mm-hmm. So like I, what I relate to on that, and I want to go further with you is like, I remember, I don't know if you remember 9-11, you're a lot yes. younger than me, but I remember when 9-11 happened and 9-11 happens to be my birthday. So it was quite something, yeah. but like, I really decided like, I'm not going on an airplane again because yeah. I could just picture the situation yeah. and it just yeah. seems so scary to me. Yeah. So what you're saying is it doesn't matter that you weren't actually in danger. No. It's that it was too close to your backyard. And so then you were afraid of enclosed places. So what did you do to solve that problem? For me, time helped, but I don't know what helped for you. Yeah, time, time didn't necessarily help because I found that the more I was avoiding, the, the worse, the it, was worse getting. it was getting. So yeah. I wouldn't go to movie theaters. Wow, you really did avoid movie theaters because you were afraid of a shooter. For, afraid of a shooter. I get that though. Yeah. Yeah. So I avoided movie theaters. I didn't, however, avoid going to school. I was very anxious though, but I told myself I wouldn't let him win. Oh, I like that attitude right there. I will not let him win. So, and we could use that for, I will not let any trauma trauma overtake me. I like that. Yeah. And it's it's, it's about gaining back your power because I felt very, I felt very powerless in that moment. Isn't that the bottom line when we feel powerless? That's the anxiety, right? Right. It's to feel things are out of our control. And the truth is. And I, I hate this statement I'm about to say, mm-hmm. but things are always out of our control. Always. It's yeah. an illusion. Control's an illusion. I am, I'm sick saying this, but it's true. It's true. It's true. But yeah. anxiety wants to convince us that we can have 100% control. Oh, God. Yeah. But no, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So that's one thing I did tell myself, even though I was very anxious, but to tell myself I knew that the avoidance at school, I wasn't going to let him win. But movie theaters, see, that would have affected my education. But movie theaters, I felt like it didn't have have much of a interesting consequence so I felt like it was okay to avoid that so how'd you overcome it well the thing is slowly I had to expose myself so first I would um I had to I told myself because I knew it was getting worse I really had to slowly work through getting to a point where then I would go to the movie theater but I would have to use the techniques that I just told you at the... Were you working with a therapist or you were therapizing yourself? I was I was therapizing myself. Wow. Yeah. So you, you like so this is during the time that you were in school studying to be a therapist or yeah, you were just... Yeah, I was, just, in, oh, I was in, in psychology okay, at Dawson. Right. Yeah. And so you... T- that's But that's very unusual what you did because most people, once they avoid, are not going to start exposing themselves. No. So where did you find your strength? 
I, my support system, my family, uh, you know, people around me, my friends. So maybe that's a strategy is to call upon your support system yeah, don't, and ask don't, for help. Go, don't go through this alone. Don't go through this alone. The, so what do you say to your family? You say, I'm struggling. Can you help me? Yeah, I, I called them. Well, they knew what, obviously what was going on. And they they just reassured me that things, you know, like things that, that I could get through it, like trying to build up my confidence. Because that's also what the anxiety said is that if this were to happen again, I can't cope. Like I, I used to not joke, but tell like if I was there, I probably would have froze to death because <laughs> just the fear would have paralyzed me, which is the fight, fight or freeze because I'm a freezer. I'm a freezer right? too. And you know, we're very rare. I didn't know you were a freezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just freeze. I just freeze too. That's very dangerous, by yep. the way. Small but, percentage of the population. Yes, but it is a survival response. It, it is? Can mm-hmm. you say more? How is it a survival response? It's like, it's like, like my husband, when someone's about to attack me, I just stand there. He's yeah. like, that's not a survival response. Yeah, it is. How? Because if you imagine like the animal kingdom, okay, right? it's like the animal plays dead. Oh, right. You play so dead. Actually, it's a smart, it's adaptive a smart, response. It's a very smart, but there's a lot of shame because a lot of people who are in a situation and freeze and don't do anything to protect themselves feel like it's their fault. Okay. Of what of what happened, but no, it's an actual very adaptive um, response to freeze to play dead. To be not seen, to be... Actually, I heard on the radio with the Vegas shooting, there was um, a, a, a boy who said, I'm just going to play dead. He was shot and he just pretended to play dead to not uh, get more shooting because he thought that the shooter would see him and move on. So freezing is a survival response. Okay, so what would you say then? Okay, so you know you had this incident. So somebody who's gone through like a shooting in a school yeah. and never got treatment and says they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. Yeah, what, um, what's the dangers in that? If not well, yeah, I'd like to know what the dangers are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is that, which I see in a lot of my clients, is that the anxiety just gets so worse so much worse would you um, say the control gets worse too the control yeah because now we're we're trying to control everything in an environment to make ourselves safe but the problem is we can't we can try, try our best to make ourselves safe but again like you said we don't have like i can't control that i that this won't happen again so but you were able to slowly but surely yes. go back into movie theaters yes. and you were able to yeah but i controlled where i sat like i make sure i look at my exits i make sure that i'm not sitting in the first Still to row. this day yeah and is that a good thing or is that... A- I find it is because even though I can't have control, I can feel safe. I can allow myself to feel safe in a situation where I don't feel safe. So as long as I feel like, okay, I can sit in certain places, for, for me, for me, I feel safer going. It's not, it's not that I'm... Because I'm actually going and I'm doing it. I get so, that. You know, so anxiety definitely, if it's not dealt with, is going to be a symptom that shows up. Um, if it's not dealt with... I also think we need to mention depression because I also think that emotions that are not dealt with get muted in the body into a depressed state. I'm pushing down with my hand here is that, you know, and I think that's the whole concept of the world getting smaller and smaller. I can't go to a movie theater. I, I can't go to Vegas if this happened in Vegas. I can't go on an airplane because mm-hmm. of 9-11. Mm-hmm. My world gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. And still there's no safety for me. No, There's really no safety um, in life. And yeah. so how do we resign ourselves with the fact that life is not safe? Yeah. How do we make sense of that? To, to me, what I had to learn is acceptance. 
Okay, acceptance is acceptance. a good, good point. And I think we're going to take a break and come back and talk about acceptance because acceptance is a powerful, powerful concept in psychotherapy. And hard to achieve. So mm-hmm. hard. And you said that you've suffered anxiety. I'm curious how you mastered acceptance. Not easy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know what? On the commercial, think about in your life um, how well you do with acceptance. And we'll come back. We'll explain how to build that muscle. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back on such an important topic, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, Sometimes I think life is one big post-traumatic stress disorder. There's a lot of things that can go wrong in life. And unfortunately, shootings like what you went through in your college, unfortunately, have become 
a, a normal part of our society. And um, many people have had to go through that. So we were talking before the break about the concept of acceptance. What did you mean by that? Well, just really that that um, I can't control because, again, anxiety talks about the worst case scenario and, and future. Antis- like right now, my anxiety is preparing me to a future anticipated events that's going to happen. And so acceptance is the concept that I can't control what's going to happen five minutes from now. I have no idea, right? Can you see what's going to happen five minutes from now? No, I don't have that ability. Oh, man. If I did, I'd probably be really (laughs) rich. And then I can't control what happened five minutes ago. Right. Like, I wish I could go back in time and and say something Mm -hmm. that I wish I could say, but... You know, I can't. So the only moment that I have total control of is right now. So I try to just accept that, try to be in the present moment and tell myself that, like, again, it goes back to the concept that do I want to let him win? And if I don't accept that there there could be, uh, like I was going to New York and I was really scared to go to New York, but I told myself if um if I let him win, then it controls my life. So really trying to um, be okay with the fact that there's uncertainties, but um, but I I feel I build up on my tolerance to to trust myself to know how to get through those moments again. It's interesting when you were talking just now, I couldn't help but think of terrorism. Yeah. Terrorism works that way is to yeah. try to make people live fear. in fear. Fear. Uh, and the only way to deal with terrorism is to not let them win as you yeah. say and not give into the fear and yeah. still get on the airplane and still go places exert some caution like you in yeah. the movie theater on yes. the aisle row yes. I don't know how does that make you safer by the way on the oh well just so you could get out quicker I get out quicker okay yeah right it's funny I like exit rows too I wonder if that's why yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah exert some you know a little bit of as much control as we can have not much in an airplane you have you know no matter where yeah. you sit you're in possible danger yeah but you you it's like a cost benefit analysis yeah. of life yeah is, you know you do your cost benefit and there's so many things to be afraid of you yeah. know there's no end to it so how do people build their acceptance muscle like you know, you've done it, but somebody listening yeah, is like, it. but I don't accept that I could get shot and I don't want to send my kids to school and they can get shot and I don't want to go on an airplane and possibly have a terrorist attack. So mm-hmm. how am I supposed to become accepting of things that are unacceptable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to know what you would say to that. Yeah, it's a really good question. So again, just trying to identify, like tell myself, because it's really not just saying it is what it is. You know, that, that statement irks me because it's not just saying, oh, oh you don't it, like, it no, is, I don't like it. It is, is what it is. is. No, I don't like that because yes. we say that with our heads, but we don't really, we don't really feel it, right? So it really has to be a mind, body, and spirit just accept and acceptance is not just um a one-time thing it's like for me even to this day I have to remind myself of this acceptance so what I tell myself is that you know I can't control other other people's reaction but I know that that in my life this is how I want to live my life and and um really just telling myself I I can do this I can get through this and I can't control. It's really just how you how you talk to yourself. Because if you talk to yourself, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And all the what ifs. It's um, it's really hard. So just remind myself of of a uh, of the time that I did get through it, and and uh, knowing that um, I can cope. But what helped me too was identifying my anger. Mm. Yeah, because instead of feeling scared, if I just feel angry instead, in a healthy way, it makes me less scared. Okay, so what does that mean? Because I suppressed a lot of my anger that I had towards the shooter. 
And then I just became, my anger turned into fear. It turned into me being scared of my life. But if I'm, if I learn, when I learned how to accept my survivor's guilt and, and be angry instead, angry at this happening, I felt more powerful. I felt yeah, more in control. Sense. So repressed anger, just to review, is, uh, turns into anxiety. That's, that's a well-known psychological uh, truism. Mm-hmm. So when you express your anger, so again, I think of me exercising to loud music and yeah. sort of like having a, how did you deal with your anger? Like, did you like punch a pillow? What, nope. what does it mean? I just learned how to identify it in my body without suppressing it. So know where anxiety, you know where anxiety lives in your body. It's usually in your chest and your and your uh, heart rate and all those symptoms. But anger lives somewhere else in your body. Where does it live? Well, usually it starts in my feet. In I, yours, it starts in your feet. Really? Anger starts from I the th- bottom I thought up. anger starts in the solar plexus. No, for me, anger starts in your feet. It starts bottom up. Really? So it starts... You, but that's actually a really good sign. It means that you're very connected. Mm-hmm. So my toes clench, and so just allowing it to sit in my body, and then I just get angry about the situation, and that makes me... That fuels me for an action. Not that I do anything with the anger, but at least I'm... I'm angry about it versus being scared. And now a lot of people say, well, why would you want to be angry about it versus being scared? So, oh, well, great question. What would you say? I would say that when you're angry, you're in a more powerful state than mm-hmm. when you're scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think anger can be really helpful here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we don't want to create rageaholics. No. no. But I think that, yeah, I really like what you're talking about is to get in touch with the firing, firing your toes. I would call it firing your belly. But in mm-hmm. your case, firing your toes mm-hmm. is to take your stance. Mm-hmm. Um, and ex- you see, anger, it's an important point that you bring up because anger is very uncomfortable, especially for very, women. Very. Okay. And yet it is an important emotion. Very important. So what do we do when we have an emotion that's uncomfortable, like anger? We don't want it in our bodies, but I yet know. you're saying it's very good for us very. to work through it. So, But learning how to tolerate it without letting it get out of control. So how do you do that? Just feel like learning how to feel it in your body without letting it turn into anxiety or... An, um, but how long? Like, how long do you stay angry? Well, for me, it was just every time I think about it, I just when I notice I'm getting scared, I just, okay, if I take the lid off anxiety, what am I feeling underneath? The answer is I'm actually angry that that people do this. I'm angry. Um, but what also helped me is that not to stay stuck in the anger, I have to validate it. But what I also told myself was that I have to come to a place of acceptance and compassion that although it was like not okay what he did and he actually um, hurt hurt a lot of people and it was not okay what he did but he must I have to reframe it that he must have been very sick to be able to do that and I'm really glad you're saying that because uh, from where I sit that's a very important piece of the puzzle so we've gone through sort of you know an anxiety response getting in touch with your anger um, breathing exercising Mm -hmm. working through the emotions and then you talked about anger and being angry that someone could take your power away like this, but I'm so happy that you brought up compassion because I know people are going to struggle with this because mm-hmm. this whole concept of forgiveness when people do terrible things oh, is very, that- very, very hard for people, but it is the most important piece of the puzzle. So I want to say a few words on this. Yeah, I want you all to hear this very carefully. Forgiveness and compassion is not for the other person. It's, 
for you. So people take your power away. Unfortunately, it happens. This is an extreme case where it happens. As long as you stay hooked in the anger or anxiety, you're literally in bed with them. Mm -hmm. It's the compassion and the forgiveness that will allow you to separate and walk away from this incident. Am I right or wrong, Melissa? I loved how you said that because Thank you. And it took me so long. Like how could I forgive this this person that came into a school and hurt so many people? How? How can you forgive the unforgivable? Exactly. But like I said, I loved how you put it because it's not about saying what they did was okay. It's saying I can no longer hold on to this. I can no longer hold on to this. So I'm mm, choosing beautiful. I'm choosing to acknowledge my feelings but also to be able to let it go and understand that this person must have been really hurting, really sick in order to do that. I think that probably people listening are struggling with this yeah. right now because I know people Very struggle in my office. But I Very really want to stay on this for a bit. We're going to take a break soon, but we're going to stay on this because – Um, I really want to highlight again what you said, that forgiveness and compassion is setting yourself free. So if you've gone through a trauma in your life and you're listening to straight talk and you're like, whoa, Mm. you're telling me to forgive this perpetrator who did this horrible thing to me. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I am. And not forgiveness does not mean that the behavior was okay. It does not mean that I think that we really don't understand forgiveness that way. We tend to think like it's saying it was okay. We're condoning the behavior and we're now saying we're going to have to be friends and go for lunch together. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. no, no, We are not going for lunch together with the guy who did that. No. Okay. But Again, it's a release. And also, um, you know, we see incredible cases where people come through a forgiveness. And we also see incredible cases where people, have you seen this in your office? Because I have, where people hold on to bitterness and anger oh, so for 25, 30 years. It literally changes their faces. Changes everything. And, and who won that? Yeah. Who yeah. won that? They Not did. you, they unfortunately. Did. The perpetrator did. They did. Because they still have this this reaction and hold. And the, the best gift that I gave myself was to... to to give him some compassion. So did you literally feel a difference as oh, you? Oh, yeah. But it had to be a daily thing. Like, it wasn't just a one-time thing where I said to myself and then I felt better. No, it, it's, I have to remind myself. It's a conscious effort I have to make to remind myself every time I want. Because I can go easy to blame him. But would that help me? Would that help me? I have to get in touch my anger to feel more powerful. But getting stuck in the anger and blaming, that's not going to help me either. So once I acknowledge my feelings towards it, then I can go into into reminding myself. But it's a daily thing to this day to just remind. Right? It doesn't have like a, as much of a hold, but just I still remind myself that. Uh, so this is all part of the treatment of PTSD, yes, right? Yes. So acceptance and compassion. And yeah. when people have the reoccurring nightmares, this is w- stuff that has not been worked through, right? No. Yeah. That, that I want to talk about too, when we come back is how to deal with flashbacks and nightmares. And, okay. and t- I, I can share my story of how I got through that too. Okay. That okay. Well, that's a good segue for a break. So uh, we'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reach. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. 
find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. I'm so grateful to my special guest, Melissa Henley, clinical counselor. And if you want to reach her, they can call 514-777-4530. Yeah, if you have questions or trauma in your life, I mean, she's such an expert. You're offering such wisdom to our listeners. So you were in the middle of talking about um, flashbacks and nightmares, which are very typical of people who've gone through trauma. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so the thing about with the flashbacks is that because we have two parts of our brain, the limbic system that controls the the uh, this this response. So we have the amygdala, which that controls our uh, emotions, all our mm. emotions. So mm-hmm. when you get a phone call from someone you love, the, the emotion, the happiness, and the love that you feel is your amygdala. And then the hippocampus is a part of your brain that deals with memory. So uh, facts, it remembers all the facts of the situation and all, all the, the, the details get stored into here. So this is when you get that phone call, th- this part of your brain gets triggered when, um, when you, um, uh, this part of your brain gets triggered when, um, when you remember that whoever is on the phone call, uh, this part of your brain gets triggered. So really remembering the facts of the situation. The problem is that when a stressful event happens, 
there's so much going on in your brain that your hippocampus doesn't work properly. There's too much stress going on in your brain, so your hippocampus doesn't work properly. That's why sometimes when we go through a traumatic event, has that ever happened to you where you don't remember the specific details or like you don't remember? I, you know what? You know where it's relevant for many of our clients is that when they don't remember their childhood. I usually yeah, say, not yeah. remember your childhood is a sign. It's of, a sign of some trauma. It is. Yeah, yeah exactly. The brain shuts down. The right? brain shuts down. Yeah. This part of your brain does not record everything in details. That's why even the 9/11 exam they actually did a study where they um, asked people what they were doing during that time and they found out that a lot of these memories were not accurate oh really yeah wow because stress high stress actually changes uh, that's why we might not remember or, or our mind totally um, forgets details or, or um, different situations so the, the thing is that because uh, you're, there's too much stress going on in the hippocampus, that's why, um, you know, like when we go through, a, like just like the show, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. The problem with trauma is that the brain didn't record the end yet. So that's why it feels like it's reoccurring all the time. And that's why we get these flashbacks. And, and it really brings us as if the trauma is happening again. So... A lot of times with my flashbacks, it could be because I wasn't there, I would visualize what it would have looked like if it was there. So flashbacks are visual imagery that pops into our mind and very automatic. They just pop into our mind and they're, and you get the same responses, same physiological responses. So uh, what helped me get through this, and I want to hear your thoughts too, is that um, what I was talking about is, is um, remind yourself that it's just a memory right? Like I tell myself, okay, and label what it is like, okay, I just had a flashback. Labeling actually uses a different part of your brain to kick in your rational side. So that I just had a memory. Um, how do I know I'm safe? I'm looking for facts. So right now the trauma is over. It's I'm not going through that trauma again. And what tells you around the room that you're safe? Like right now I'm here sitting with Sandra. Um, you know, we're, we're um, here, there's the doors closed. You know, there's, there's no imminent danger that I see right in front of me because my body's telling me there's danger but I'm looking for facts as if right around me there's no danger and this is what I do when I get scared and triggered um, in a situation what else would help you well it's it's interesting as you you know I'm not a PTSD specialist per se as much as you are Melissa but it's interesting when you talk about that uh, what comes up for me is anchoring and grounding, which is almost a little bit more of an energetic, uh, spiritual concept, but, you know, really anchoring your legs down. That's the safety that I'm here, like a tree. I'm Mm -hmm. here. I'm Mm -hmm. solid. I got this. Mm -hmm. I, I'm very much, uh, um, someone who tells my clients in all situations to pass by the mirror, look at themselves in the eyes and give themselves one of these, you know, I got you, Mm, I got you. And I think it's so important to feel that you've got your back no matter what, because when you're in these difficult situations, you really do feel alone yeah you do yeah and how I got through nightmares because still to this day I will have a nightmare so they don't necessarily for me they didn't go away but they're a lot less um, frequent and they're a lot less intense but what I do there's two ways we can do because a lot of my nightmares they don't have an ending it's oh, so annoying. That is annoying. It's, it's just the trauma. And then there's no there's no closure. There's no ending. And so I wake up feeling really distressed. And so there's two ways. One, I want you to finish that story. So one, we can we can make it more realistic. Like, for example, I wrote down like I wrote down my nightmare 
uh, in details. And then uh, what I did was I told myself, okay, the ending so um, that nobody got hurt and and I can make it up to be whatever I want it to be. So mm. nobody got hurt. They arrested That's him. That's such a great strategy, Melissa. Yeah, they arrested him and he's now getting help because obviously, again, my compassion tells me that he was really sick and struggling. So he's getting help. So this is not actually true. No, this it's is not just true. your story. It's just, it's just a way to, for me to change the nightmare because I don't wow. want it to end on... On a on a very uh, distressing un like un no closure note right, um, the second way I do is that I I like humor so I try to add a little bit humor not to dismiss the situation not to discredit it or to make fun of it but I to me when I have this nightmare and I and I'm it's always a, a shooting so it's different places but it's always somebody shooting me mm. and, and I'm running away so that's mm-hmm. my nightmare so I visualize the gun turning into a banana. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes, because I add a little humor to something, and, and I'm not scared of a banana, right? So it, and, and look, the joke's on him. It turns into a banana, and, and everybody's safe. So you can use, you can use something totally, un, like, totally, like, make a movie, you know, that, that Superman comes in, and, or a superwoman comes in and rescues, and, and everything's okay. Or you can uh, use it to be realistic, where, where, um, that nobody gets hurt. You could create different endings to the, to the story. Okay, so one thing that as I'm listening to you and we're getting to that point in the show, I want to make sure we finish up with is uh, certainly it's my opinion, I want to check if it's yours, that if you have gone through a traumatic situation, would you agree that it's a wise idea to work with a professional? Yes, yes 100%. Can you, can you say why? you? 100%, because, because the feelings are so intense and because there's a lot of complex feelings like the shame, the self-guilt, the survivor's guilt, the blame, uh, because uh, of the avoidance, so the therapist can help you through not to avoid certain situations so it doesn't let the anxiety grow. Uh, the, anxiety, the, the therapist can help you also explain trauma and and use techniques to help you get through it what what do you suggest to of why it's a good idea well i think it's so important and um because i think that you need someone who's not emotionally attached that's the bottom line yeah but i think it's you know we're just about out of time but i think it's really important to find the right person mm-hmm. and so we've given our number i'll repeat it again it's 514-777-4530 if you want to work with melissa but in this is not just a, a sales tactic. So there are many, many clinics all over the world yeah. at many different price points. It's extremely important to me that people know that. And I will say whether it's our clinic or another one, I, I, I think it's important for me to say today on the radio, because I don't say it enough, is that, as I said, even if it's at our clinic, if you don't feel comfortable with your therapist, it's the wrong therapist. Mm-hmm. You should know because if you're dealing with a post-traumatic, you definitely want to feel safe in your therapist's office. If yes. they're bringing back the trauma in a no. way that feels uncomfortable, no. you need to speak about that or switch therapists. So yeah. um, there's CLSCs, there's local places, yeah. there are free places, there are cheap places. I think that because um, people say, Melissa, as you know, they don't have the money for therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think that really we're very lucky that in North America, and I think probably many places, there are social services. There are many, many options. There's yeah. many great books written on post-traumatic. I was post-traumatic. just about to say that. Good. Yes. Many good books on that. Yeah. I'll let you have the last word, but we're going to have to wrap it up. First of all, before I let you have the last word, let me thank you for coming back on Straight Talk. Such an important topic and one that you brought your personal and professional viewpoints. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Melissa. Your final words for someone who's gone through this thank or is you. going through this. Thank you. I'm 
I'm I'm really glad to be talking about this. It's not easy, but it's uh it it's uh it, it this is my reward. It's still not easy, huh? Still not easy. Yeah. yeah. Um but what what I'd like to say is that try w- try to make a, make different meaning about the trauma even if it's ongoing. Like again, try to make different meaning. So what I did too is I made a list about what I've learned from my trauma. So the things that oh, the, the, the benefits, like what it, I grew as a person, I understand myself better. And it led me to go into this field uh, to give back and to talk about other people with their trauma. So um, I'm, I'm not grateful that this happened, but I'm grateful where it has led me. Fabulous. Very, very smart words. And I think that turning lemons into lemonade is a motto I live by. So thank you so much, Melissa. That's all the time we have left today. Thank you. Um, I'd like to also thank uh, the sponsor of our show, Spa Maneri. Speaking of trauma, if you need some time, take some time for yourself. Give them a call at 695-5040. Mention Straight Talk at 15% off any of their service. And of course, most of all, I'd like to thank all of you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandarish. And I'd like to invite you all to come back next week. If you're interested in our retreats, therapy, or any media that was mentioned on this show or previous shows, check out helpforanxietydepression.com. Also, if you go on straighttalksandareesh.com and add the forward slash radio gifts, you can get all sorts of free gifts. Or you can also check out our Facebook page, Straight Talk Sandareesh. You can leave a question for Melissa or myself there. And don't forget to like the page while you're there. Uh, remember, you can hear this and any prior show as a podcast on my website, straighttalksandareesh.com, on the podcast app of your iPhone and on iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandareesh. And you can drop me a comment or question at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. If you're a professional and you're looking for keynote speakers or training on anxiety, depression, emotional regulation, or just living a purposeful life, remember, I am your source for evidence-based practice and education. My name is Sandra Reich, and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.